Welcome to the Travel Advice Show. Thank you for listening all around the world. And you can listen to all our shows at TravelAdviceShow.com and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you just type in Travel Advice Show on Google, we have a lot of different formats where you can listen to the show. And uh, we've had over 140 countries listen to the show from all around the world. So thank you listeners uh, for listening to the show. And feel free to comment and leave any reviews on iTunes too. Uh, my name's Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts, and I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How are you doing, Jerry? Excellent. Great. And, uh, yeah, and I'm yeah. really uh, excited about the topic and also about our guest, Robert. Yeah. Uh, would you introduce Robert a bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. R- R- Robert Nelson, uh, he's, a, he's a, a real good friend. He helps us with uh, producing the show. And um, he has great knowledge, too, about, you know, like different types of travel and uh and things like that, but yeah, he's, he, he does a great uh, show, Smile Jamaica, on KRCL, on Mixcloud, and uh, he, you should listen to his show for Jamaican music and, um, and reggae. So, yeah. Um, Hi, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Greetings, as I always say. Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we're excited to have you, Robert. So, thanks, man. Well, our show today is talking about the ways people travel as they age. And I think most people realize, even themselves, that as you age, you do change. And 20-year-olds do not travel the same way as 70-year-olds or older. And um, it's really interesting to to see what happens because the 20s, people in their 20s are millennials. And um, it's interesting to note that 66% of them consider travel an important part of their lifestyle. Oh, wow. wow. And they do it. And they travel a lot. And um, I did some research on these figures. 71% of them take at least a three or more day trip, up to often to two week trips a year. Um, they, they want to do it. And uh, they do not mind backpacking, staying in hostels, traveling cheap, etc., as a rule. Now, everything that we say today on this show is not 100% correct with everybody. Right. It it depends on how you were raised and what your parents did, how they traveled, and it affects them. But most people fall into these categories. And they have more money to spend uh, than... I did when I was in my 20s, but they like to travel at extremely low budgets. And they, um, I looked this up in that. It said they spend approximately $3,500 annually for all of their trips. Wow. They do travel cheap, but they travel a lot. Mm, okay. And, um, and they're much more uh, uh, likely to just drop everything, stop working, and travel maybe a year. I know some of our guests on the show have uh, done that. 
Right. And um, just travel. Well, I know I did that in my 20s. Went around the world for a year one time. And uh, thought nothing to be gone a month, two months. And uh, most of them buy their buy and shop and look for their trips on the um, on the smartphones on different mobile devices. Right. And they also uh, go um, quickly. Uh, they're spontaneous. They may think, "Oh, let's do this," and they do it mm-hmm. uh, within a week or two, usually. And they are de- definitely as trendsetters, and they do take active vacations rather than passive vacations. But when you get into your 30s, um, it's sort of a transitional decade because the the early part of the the 30s are still millennials, and they still do basically what they do. And um, But as they get a little older in their 30s, um, they start to um, spend more money on their trips. Um, they still, in most cases, in a lot of cases, don't have mortgages yet, and they are not married, don't have children, and uh, they don't have much savings because they spend it. And um, they also generally have no career plans. So they have um, a great um, sense of freedom in their travel. Mm-hmm. And um, rather than staying in hostels and things like that, they will go to lower-priced hotels, B&Bs, camping, that type of thing, um, more so than the millennials, even though they do that also. Um, both the, the um, 20s and 30s, uh, if they like to take uh, escorted tours, like to take like Contiki tra- uh, travel tours to come travel, or they will go hiking and bicycling with companies like Backroads. Uh, they really like that. Have you discovered that this is true, Robert and Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of my friends moved here for two reasons. One is to ski, the other is to hike. And so I like to call myself an urban camper, meaning (laughs) I like to go to a city and go to their bookstores, record stores. Um, I like being in the city. I'm not really, you know, I grew up in Montana, so maybe I take the outdoors for granted. But because I'm from such a small town, 1,200 people, I want to see what I missed growing up in a big city. All of that life, you know, the literary life, the music life, where people hang out, you know, the, the, the coffee shops and cafes. So my favorite activity And if you're talking about millennials, let's say when I was a millennial, I'm 53 years old. So if you want to think of, I, you know, around 1986 to the early 90s, I would always go out to California and drive because I like to have a car and then go to all the record and bookstores that were in San Francisco because I had relatives. So, so I didn't have to pay much for hotel. You know, I didn't have to pay anything for hotel. Right. And so back then, before Amazon and iTunes, the Bay Area was the best place in the country, one of them anyway, for bookstores, I'm a librarian, and for record stores, I'm a radio DJ. So I loved being in that city. After about 10 days, I was sick of being in that city because of all the people. So for me, it's like living vicariously for you know 10 days to two weeks once a year really gave me that sort of idea of that 
I want to get out of Utah. I want to I want to get out of rural Montana. So that's kind of my my 20s travel experience and and it nowadays it's probably you can't find parking in San Francisco and most of those stores are gone. So I haven't been there in about 15 years. So yeah, kind of sad how for people like me these urban campers um yeah, it isn't the same as it was. And in my case, it, progress hasn't made things better. It's made things worse. <laughs> I can totally relate. Yeah, that's so true, Robert. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, 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 I'm the same kind of traveler. Like, I love, you know, being in the urban core. And, uh, yeah, there's not as many shops as local shops, you know, local businesses. And, yeah. yeah. But I know, Chris, uh, in your 20s, I mean, you were... I don't want to say bumming it, but you were traveling through Europe on a shoestring. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe looking back on it. Like I don't know how I did it, you know. Like, uh, but I, I had the best time, you know, because I didn't. Well, I, for one thing, I didn't have any bills. I didn't have any bills. Right. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have all this, and I was free. I was really free. I just had two suitcases. That's all I had in my life, and. I had fifty dollars, maybe even ten dollars someday, and and no credit, no savings or anything. But I got by. Yeah, you just figure out your next step, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, um, that's the way most people in their twenties travel. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you you went across Africa, right? And you you went all around the world. Yeah, I went all over the world and um, yeah. staying in places today I wouldn't even think about staying. Right. Me too. And yeah, did, I did that some of that too. The, the, yeah, yeah. In, in the times, there were a couple times when I went to the Bay Area where I didn't have a relative's couch to sleep on. So I stayed in hostels in the Tenderloin, which is their rough neighborhood. And so, you know, you had, you had your own room, but a bathroom at the end of the wall. And it was like 35 bucks a night and 16 bucks to park, whereas everything else was, so think around 1991 or so. Imagine what that would be today. Oh, yeah. But but at the time, that's all because I was I was basically living off student loans. So at that point, I, that that's how I traveled. I would I would save my student loan, and then binge, I guess, <laughs> you know, like it, it, then whatever was left over from tuition or whatever. And so yeah, so so for me, staying staying on the cheap was the only way you could go to ex- some expensive cities. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, in your 20s and 30s, uh, many people do not have what I would call a firm career plan. In other right. words, they don't hesitate to work six months or a year Change and leave jobs. that company and travel for a year and start with another company. Yeah. And they, they keep going like that, which is fabulous. I mean, that's the way it should be because that's how you develop your life. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, I had like 15 jobs from... Like sixteen, fifteen to like twenty-five or something like yeah. that. Like just unbelievable and that's very common. amount very, very of common. jobs. Yeah, yeah. Up until about the mid-thirties, that mm-hmm. is very common. Yeah, yeah. And um, now things change in the forties. Yeah. These people are Gen Xers. That, that's me. I'm I'm forty-five. Yeah. 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 And and I know uh, when you travel, I know you and Kathleen have been to Europe. Yeah. Twice, at least twice that I remember. Yeah. Uh, together, and um, that 
you do not travel the same way that you did in your 20s and 30s because you want more plans. You want a little more detailed schedule. Mm-hmm. You you want to know ahead of time where you're going to stay, your transportation. You start to um, um, just want more security, I guess is the term to do. But uh, yeah. and they, they start to enjoy great um, but local common foods that taste homemade. And they, if they drink wine, they love a good wine. And when they buy souvenirs and products and things, they want quality over quantity. And, and I think, uh, so if I can chime in, so if we're talking about, let's talk about San Francisco Bay Area again. So in my 20s, I was okay to stay in a hostel in a really bad part of town. But in, now that I'm 53, I'm not willing to do that. And part of that is is I will trade um, cost for comfort now. Right. Okay, the so shower means a lot, doesn't it? Right, exactly. And I want to have my own room, and I, you know, I want to have a room in an actual hotel that I don't have to worry about somebody breaking in in the middle of the night, <laughs> you know. Or, or I remember when I, on, I was there on a Friday night, walked out of my hotel, and that was where all the prostitutes were. So I'm like, ooh, man, I'm like, I'm really down in the nitty gritty, right? So when you're 20, and you know, kind of like those things are more like part of the whole experience. Right. But once you get older, man, you really don't want to be down around anywhere where you could get robbed or, right. you know. So I'm kind of like, now that I'm in, you know, 40s, from my, let's say, 40s and 50s, have a career, a livelihood, savings. Yeah, I want I want to stay in a nice place, and I want to, I don't want to do it on the cheap anymore. So, and I'm willing to pay the extra cost for that comfort and experience that way. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Robert, because um, in your 40s, you will, often you return to the same place, like you have been back to San Francisco. But they do it very, very differently when they go back. Um, Many times they will take their families with them. And um, they want to have, as you say, upgraded style of living and just um, then doing things that are non-touristy. This is when, um, I mean, in your 20s and 30s, generally you want to see everything. I mean, you must see the yeah, apple. You're really open to everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to do all the things you've heard about. In your 40s, if you haven't been, you still want to see them, but you may not climb to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Right. Because... I mean, I think everyone should, but you may not. You may go to Florence, and you may, and you'll spend time in the museums and a longer time, for example, than you did in your 20s and 30s. You just want to go have fun and hang out. So um, you're starting to change. The late 30s, 40s is when a person really changes this style. But when you hit your 50s and 60s, I combine them together. Uh, they're baby boomers, and uh, they account for 80% of luxury travel. Yeah, yeah. They 80% got, they of luxury got. travel are between 50s and 60s because they have a career. Uh, if they have any money, um, they're going to spend it uh, on travel, but they're going to spend it even better or more on the hotel. That Now they've gone from, in the 40s, maybe a three-star hotel, 
But in the 40s and 50s and 60s, they start to go four and five star hotels. And if they have children, they're in their teens or later teens in college are gone, and um, they're not afraid to, afraid to spend their money, and they do have more leisure time, and many of them like to do it traveling. And they like to have clean, crisp sheets and excellent restaurants, and, and they do not hesitate to travel sort of the way they did in their 20s and 30s, and even 40s, but... They're going to stay in a tenant camp, a luxury tenant camp, when they go on safari, and that type of thing. And they want, definitely want things pre-planned and prepaid before they go to eliminate any problems or wasted time. And they also, uh, depending on their lifestyle, um, they still want to do unique and adventure things. They like to do the same way they, if they're that type, but most people still want to do something different. And But they will start to take um, unique cruises like small ships. They will start to take river cruising boats. Uh, they start to um, take adventure cruises. And they start to branch out um, more so. And they start including India, Russia, China, and New Zealand and Australia. But again, if they'd been there when they were in their 20s and 30s, they're going to do it very differently. So, Jerry, uh -huh. this is how I, in the Internet era, as you say, as you get older, and if I just said that I'm willing to pay more for comfort, now, now when I look at, like, if I'm looking for a hotel, I don't go, I don't do my sort on, let's say, Expedia or Hotels.com. I don't do sort by lowest price anymore. Right, right. I do true. sort by, like, stars. Right. And, and, you know, because I have to live within a budget, too, so I may not do a five-star, but I'll look at three and four stars. And right. then I sort of read the reviews. Right. Because I've had some recent experiences and in hotels in Montana that changed ownership, and man, it was horrible. Right. And so I went back and said, look, this, this hotel used to be a good, motel used to be a good place for me. I could park, do my things, easy to load in books and records into my room, and it wasn't very expensive because I, I was mainly there on my way to see my parents, let's say. But then one time I stayed and the owners had changed, no ice in the ice machine, um, it had, I later found out that they were giving homeless vouchers for people to stay there. I don't have any problem with homeless. I'm glad that in Montana they have a good place to stay. But, you know, that brings in an element that I want to avoid, right? I want to get out of that criminal opportunity. Right. And so I went back and wrote. And basically um, now, because of that experience, I, I will read the reviews and, and basically throw out the very highs and the very lows, feeling that some of these are that term advertorial, where right. you know that people have a vested interest in giving a five star. And sometimes the one stars are really kind of petty. And, but man, I'll definitely read, like, let's see how many two stars they got. And right. if they have a bunch, I'll just go to the next. So I'm no longer price fixated as I am, uh, what, what do my fellow travelers think about staying here? Right. 
you've gone to the level of quality. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. And uh, that is one thing um, that I've noted. I'm 74, and um, I know, and I, I do think, well, I've been this way since my, at least my, around 50, but I'm getting more and more so. I used to, um, like, travel coast class and was happy about that in my 50s. Didn't like it, but I would if I needed to. But in my 60s and 70s, if I don't go first class on a plane or at least business, if they don't have first, I'm not going. I get so and naturally quite stupid of me. But I've been to these places, most of them, uh, 20, 30, 40 times, and I don't want to go get there tired or anything. And I've gone, and I agree with you, because I look up, um, even hotels that I've been staying, have stayed at over the last three or four decades, or maybe three, that uh, I look at their star rating, too, and I think it's very, very important. Uh, the review stars is what I'm talking about, not the hotel. Um, if the hotel says it's five-star. I mean, um, we were in Quiche, <coughs> on the island of Kish in Iran. And it was listed as a five-star hotel. But I would put it at best when we got there as a three-star European hotel. It was awful. Not the three-star hotels are awful. But it was, we were paying five-star prices. And the service, the quality of the beds, only one towel for two people, no washcloths, no nothing. And we left. We did find a real five-star hotel that was magnificent. But, yeah, you just start to change, and um, you want to be more and more people, as they get older, want to be met at the airport. Uh, That's one reason the transfers for cruises meet you at the airport, take you to the ship. Almost everyone does it. Right. And many people... I want their guide to meet them at the airport if they're on an escorted tour. Yeah, when I went on that river cruise over uh, Christmas time, right when we got off the plane, they were right there, you know, meeting us, and they say, go to the bus over there, and they take us right to the ship. Yeah, we didn't have to worry about anything. It was really nice. And yeah. And, our baggage. Uh, and the reason it was that way, you and Kathleen being in your 40s yeah. may not have been thinking about that as much, but since her father, yeah, he, he's seventy-five or so. Yeah. yeah, he's a year older than I am. Yeah, and there's no way on this earth that he's going to get his own way from the airport to the to the boat. Right. There's just no way that's going to happen. Yeah. If he has to, ha- you know, do separately have a private transfer, that's the way it's going to be. And but in your forties, it's not as critical. It's kind of fun to say, well, let's go out and negotiate for a taxi and. Take the taxi there. Right. You can do that in your 40s, but if you've ever experienced the private transfer, uh, you can't really do that anymore unless you have no option. Um, Like, uh, we're going to be going to the Netherlands and England in about three weeks. Oh, that's right. And um, I have made certain, because everyone going, all six of us, well, one's 57, but everybody else is in there. Uh, 65 or older. I'm the oldest. And I they put me in charge of it because I travel more than they do. And I, we are met right there at the airport yeah. and everything like that. And it raised the price. Yeah. 
And um, two of them sort of questioned that. And I said, okay, you don't have to do it. You can get a taxi there. We'll meet you there at the hotel. And then they started to think, well, no, I don't think so. And um, yeah, so it's very critical that people realize that they do change their travel style and even the speed that they travel and the spontaneity of travel changes as you get older. I mean, I still um, will see something and do it because I'm a very spontaneous traveler. And I don't want to forget to do it. So I just go do it. If I have the money and the time, I do it right then, like within a week. And most people say, wow, I want to see the monarch butterflies in Mexico, the resting place. And I thought, you know, I better get down there because they're all dying off. And that next weekend, up we went. We had somebody meet us and take us there and do all this stuff. We got it all organized within five days. And... Um, so you still travel the same mentality that you started in your 20s. You still want freedom, you want space and all of that, if that's the way you are. Or some people um, in their 20s um, are the personality that they want an escorted tour. So they'll want to take a Contiki or, or a Tucan travel trip. Still gives them space, time, and freedom, but um, it's organized because they don't, they're shy or not used to traveling or feel unsafe or something. But um, it's critical that people realize that your personality in travel doesn't change. So, Jerry, let me ask you. Yes. So we talked about people in their 20s, 30s. So let's say millennials, Gen Xers, boomers, senior citizens. So my dad is 76 years old, Mm -hmm. and he's got a really bad back. And so it's becoming harder and harder for him to fly because he doesn't want to, he's too proud to use a cane or sit in one of their wheelchairs. Right. So what do you, what do you recommend for people that are having those sort of um, mobility issues for travel? What do, what do you see, like, what advice would you recommend to my parents? My mom is still very mobile. She's about the same age, but my dad... It's just catching up to him, so. Yeah, it's funny what happens when you turn 70. You start falling apart. At 70? you start having doctor visits. I feel like I'm falling apart at 45. Oh, right? wait till you turn 70. That's pretty bad. I mean, you, you're getting blood tests. You're getting all yeah. kinds of junk, MRIs and junk like that. And uh, you're yeah. on different medications. Right. Uh, not everybody. I'm not. But mo- most of my friends who are in their 70s are on medication or have a doctor appointment at least once a week yeah. or something. Yeah. And, uh, Robert, there are a couple of things that I do recommend. Um, number one, he should... The, he, uh, he will have to take a cane or a wheelchair between the check-in counter of the airport to the gate. Um, unless he... Uh, it's not too long of a distance. But I know I took my 95-year-old mother to Paris and my 96-year-old mother to England. Now, she doesn't walk as fast as she did when she was younger, and um, but she would not ever use a wheelchair. But I did because, you know, in Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris and uh, in Salt so Lake Airport. I mean, it's you go a long ways. Yeah. 
in Amsterdam Airport too. Oh yeah, huge... we can go for yeah the Denver Airport. Denver for the first time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way and more, way Katie... more going on in Denver than Salt Lake City, and that took me for a surprise. But because I, one of the reasons why I don't like to fly is since 9-11, I hate the security protocol. Uh, I hate it. It's just I, like, oh, my God, i got to take my shoes off, my belt off. Yeah. i got to stand in that phone booth <laughs> thing, and I'm really claustrophobic to begin with, which causes right. me anxiety on a plane. So it's like, I just hate that. But, but in Denver, you didn't have to take anything off. You put everything, you didn't have to pull your iPad out. You didn't have to pull your laptop out. Right. I just put everything through, and they had me walk through. And I'm like, well, they're moving people through at a clip way beyond what they do in Salt Lake. So is, right. so is this even keeping us safe? Right. Well, right. Um, the answer is I have my doubts. Yeah, I have my doubts, too. I have my doubts, too. Because if you read yeah. reports, well, I do know um, mm-hmm. when, I, uh, when my friends called me uh, from Austin, Texas, where I'm from, and lived in many years, that um, in the newspaper, one of the reporters carried several things on his body and went to security at airport, and any one of the two or three things he had on, he could have used to blow up or whatever, and it wasn't going to. They did it to see how safe, and did you know they never caught it, any of it? Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, and so, um, but on your dad... Um, he will have. I got that wheelchair to go from gate to gate to be changed planes and and get her out of the plane in like to go down to where the guide was after immigration and customs. But she never used it again. And so I recommend to your dad just suck up unless he feels comfortable leaning against his wife, your mother, and she sort of they hold hands or she puts hands around his elbow or something to make it that part. But I do highly suggest that he consider going business class. Yeah, it business is so class, yeah, yeah, just step up and a little bit more. And he... Seventy or uh, people in their seventies, once they've gone business class or first, they can't go coaching yet. Once again, cost over comfort. I mean, uh, you know, cost over convenience. I mean, you'll trade comfort for cost. You'll pay more for a more comfortable experience as you get older, even if yep, you're on a fixed income. Right. And see, even if you're on a fixed income, and it's not that great, I recommend uh, through the company travel advice that I have, uh, quite often, maybe if you've got to get away or do something, even if it's nothing, go to a hotel in the town you live in and have two nights and see right. the city walking around as a tourist and then save your money and do it right. Yeah. Um, I, I just cannot imagine being miserable um, for 15 hours in a plane, for example. Yeah. And well, so consequently, they're not traveling. If my dad can't drive there, they're not going. So yeah. it's kind of like, what what was it all about? You get to the age of your mid-70s, they work their whole lives, and then because of my dad's immobility, they they can't really fly. So they just consequently do day trips in the car, which is nice, Right. but... You know, they would never fly to see his brother in Seattle, let's say, or f- even fly back to Montana. So he's willing to drive hundreds and hundreds of miles like all Montanans do. Like, I, it's 600 miles to my parents' house from Salt Lake City. I have no problem driving that, none whatsoever. Yeah. But um, 
so we're used to driving hundreds of miles, but when you get older, that takes a toll too, being in the car. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. It's kind of frustrating. Well, yeah, but you know yeah, what you might do, Robert? Yeah, is yeah. Go with him. Go with your parents. Go, 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 go with them. Yeah, yeah Robert. Go on a cruise. Go. Yeah, maybe go on a uh, small little cruise or river cruise or something. Yeah. We've gone to like Las Vegas where I'll meet him there. And because I'm really familiar, familiar once again with Vegas, because I know all the streets where all the record shops are and everything. So they flew in. I picked him up and played chauffeur. And they and it was great. It was the 70th birthday. And we did MGM to the nine. Saw Zumanity, I think. My mom wanted to see... Uh, um, Celine Dion. So yeah, so it was it was really fun. But um but yeah, mainly because I was able to take him where he needed to go. Well, maybe do this. Have them drive to Portland, Oregon and do the Columbia River cruise. Ooh, ooh, the Columbia River, yeah. That That'd is be... one of the best river cruises I have ever been on in my life and I really thought I'd be bored out of my mind cuz I've been everywhere they went. But they show you from a different perspective. And it's very slow-paced, and there are several people who had various different disabilities on that boat, and they're very prepared for wheelchairs, canes. Um, they have handrails along the, the hallways. So you don't really um, notice or have the inconveniences of traveling without those um, facilities. Right. Well, that's so great. I would recommend doing that. Yeah. They could ride there and ride back. and um, That's great. Well, yeah, I think we went over quite a bit of the all the generations there, all the different uh, types of travel, and, and it is true. I mean, but I, I think um, any any time, the older I get, you know, like I'm, I, I want to start meeting more of the locals and, and get it submerged, emerged into the culture more too. And um, But, yeah, that's great, Jerry. Well. Well, I hope we answered most of the questions, but yeah. if our listeners have questions, uh, don't hesitate to email us. Yeah, uh, on, on the contact on Travel Advice Show. And, and th- th- thanks, Robert, for being on the show yeah, again. Thanks for letting yes, me Robert. weigh in. Yeah. Thank you for your from the, from the listen. So I'm your listener <laughs> conscience, I guess. Totally. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Totally. Robert's just... <laughs> right. You're asking the questions as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. We well, we'll hope to have you on more shows. And, and thanks for helping produce the show, too, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well till next time, Jerry, then, and Robert. Yeah, Jerry. Okay.